0: You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh. Proudly sponsored by LFG
1: Australia. LFG-Aus.com.au Or you could visit their store in Canberra. It's in the ACT. For all your board gaming needs. And now, on with the show. The Dice Man
2: Cometh! Ho, ho, and indeed ho. To everybody out there in podcast land, this is the Dice Men Cometh episode 347, and it is the episode that everybody, including ourselves, looks forward to all year. Mm. It is our top 10 record scratch, Marky boy. Waka 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 waka. We've got a button that does do that. Do we? Down. You don't have to Hang actually on. do the waka no, waka gaff. We don't. <laughs> waka you... waka. Yeah, why did you let we him... We don't have the waka waka anymore. Have you taken the record scratch Read off... my lips. No. You've taken the record scratch off the... for god's sake so the reason there was supposed to be a record scratch is because this isn't our top 10 games of 2022 this is our top 15 games sure of 2022 21 because we didn't do one last year because we essentially didn't have a podcast last year because we were busy dealing with life and the world and so on and so forth. Yeah,
1: you and I, Leon, yeah. along with good friends Des and Matt, Yeah. Kanga judges, did a Top Games of 2020. Oh. Uh, which was episode 321, for those of you playing at home. It yeah, mm. doesn't, doesn't
2: seem that long ago, but it was two years ago. Yeah. It really, really was. That's right.
1: Uh, and, yeah, I forget you were, I don't know, were you in a, I was having or a box or something yeah. like that? He of, was on of one of those
2: cruisers you saw on the news, I think. Because <laughs> we didn't see him for like 18 months. <laughs> so but here he, he is, back, zero, back with a vengeance. So all we have to do this episode is thank our lovely sponsors, your LFGs and everybody else. And get stuck into what is always... One of the funnest episodes of the year. It is,
1: and look, we need to set the ground rules. Oh, the Dice Ooh. Men rules, of course. Because this is not some you know, shoddy sham 12 games of Christmas that only featured 11 <laughs> games on the photo, but we actually gave away 13 games. Yes. This is actually official Dice Men business. So, yep. as you said, Leon, we're doing the top 15 for the last couple of years. But in saying that, there's no rules Because it's just games that are new to us in that period of time. Well, that is
0: the rule. Yes, it doesn't They are games that we have first played in either 2021 or 2022, not counting prototypes.
1: Okay. And, like, all I'm going to sort of say as a caveat Mm -hmm. is that I don't know what games are talked about on episode 321, which was in 2020. So if I do say games on this list that were back then...
2: I'm sorry, but you're clearly lying then, because you haven't played them in 2021. Oh, yeah, I, I recorded think... that in 2020. Well, some of us, Garth, like myself, obviously went back and skimmed. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to the whole thing. Yes, I mean, who would listen to a whole episode of this? Oh, I listened to the first game you said on Atama. Yes, uh, I know. And
1: I went, oh, okay. I'm not going I'm not gonna. <laughs> Either way,
2: do you remember at least what your number one was? Your number one was wingspan no it was it was King's Dilemma that
1: was wasn't it that was your number is that in your list now Matt's Matt's 20 these games they were Matt and Dez Dez. both had wingspan
2: as number one no King's Dilemma is not who let them on this podcast I can tell you my top three were cartographers uh, Twilight Imperium 4th edition and uh, Paranormal Detectives, there you three go. absolute
1: belters. And I can tell you, none of those are on my
2: list. No, that's probably a good thing. Even though you still haven't played Twilight Imperium, <laughs> <laughs> but there you go.
1: Okay, so there's the rules. Yep. The rules are that we they're new to us, except if
2: it's one of the games that was on my list and I've forgotten about. Oh <laughs> uh, that is the professionalism people come to this show so for. So
0: how about this? How about we take a break, draw breath. Have a gulp of a beverage, come back and let's count down from 15 to one, maybe with some honorable mentions, <laughs> maybe within the rules we mentioned, maybe not, but it doesn't matter because you're listening to The
1: Diceman Cometh. So this is Mitch from the Board Game Barbecue and everything I learned, I learned from The Diceman Cometh.
0: All right, we are back here. It's episode 347. In case you've forgotten what we were just talking about, we're counting down our top 15 games of 2022 and 2021 combined because a little thing happened in 2021, which meant we weren't making podcasts. The world pretty much put everything on hold, including us. And so we thought we might as well catch up. All right, so
1: Leon.
2: Leon? We're starting with Leon, wow. Well, we're, we're going,
1: you know. Yeah. Oh, oh youngest to oldest. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough.
2: So, uh, we'll do the general thing that if you mention a game, mm-hmm. that if somebody else has it higher up on their list then we don't talk about it until it comes to the person who has it the highest. I'm Correct. Because sure. they are the most passionate about the game. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, my number 15, which I've just debated in my head several times whether to change it with either canvas or furnace, but I didn't. My number <laughs> 15, so there, are my honourable mentions to get that out of the way. My number 15 is Wonderland's War. Oh, yeah, I've got, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Normally... We do this with a subtle kind of bob of the head <laughs> as opposed to a... Oh, okay. Um, Let's talk about that later.
1: I'm just winking. Do you actually have
2: the list? <laughs> I'm just winking to Leon. Okay. He's not... You're a, you're a stupid man. <laughs> so, okay. It, it my was, number 15 is one was definitely league. one of the games I conceded, but it was
0: more than... It was above 15 on my list. Well,
2: we're going to talk about it later according to okay. Garth's unprofessionalism. So next, uh, Mark, go. Uh, yeah, I'm the next youngest, clearly. Yep.
0: So my number 15, I have a pretty good feeling this is going to be further up the list somewhere. Oh, God. A little Euro game, uh, I have to say, it was introduced to, to us by our friend Charles from LFG, and that is Carnegie. And it's further up the list. Shocking, that! Yeah. This is after a roaring
1: start. It right. is right. after a roaring start. Well, look,
0: we did say at the start of this that given you know how much our gameplay has changed and maybe our... The huge range of different people that we've played games with over the last two years has narrowed down necessarily because of COVID, because of lack of conventions, because we've had a lot more games sent to us that we've played, that the chances of us having a lot more crossover this year is probably high, which is
2: why we extended from 10 to 15. Yeah, I think... I've played all these 15 games in this room, I think. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, not me. Well, aren't you 15? Th- <laughs> Garth, you're 15. You should have come to Paxley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my no. 15, yeah. which changed about 10 minutes ago. Yep. Um, what, what was it? It was... <laughs> look, so Mark sent this website and said, this is a really good website for... You know, figuring it out, you know, comparing a game versus a game versus a game, because otherwise, what are you doing? You're just going, I like that one better than the other one. You know, yes. what else do you do? <laughs> That's how, it works. how you make lists. Yep. So then, I the, the game that came in the 15th list is actually the game that we talked about last podcast, Botoku. Yep. And I don't think it's, I, I don't think it deserves its 15th spot, so <laughs> I've changed it. It's almost like you ladies shouldn't have used this, <laughs> and just so,
2: you
0: know, used your brain. I have actually gone completely with the order that the, the the thing the app thingy website gave me because i answered
1: the questions do you like this better than this correctly and it works so my number 15 yeah is a little game called bites oh. and all i'm going to say <laughs> is that leon yep you should talk you should about have been the packs is what so, i say
2: so that is three games there that we've just talked in depth about <laughs> what a ridiculous way to start yeah. so now i'm moving down to my number 14 mm. which is a game that was nominated for a slightly bigger award than my 14th game of the last two years mm. and that is living forest can we talk about living forest we can talk about it yay forest. hey i've never heard of this game have i spelt it wrong <laughs> yeah. I said it right. the leon forest i think it
0: might have come in about number 19 for me or something yeah, like
2: that living forest so either way this is a game that was nominated for the spiel yep. yes um it is a small game that it's all about uh your set collection and you push your luck and whatnot with lovely looking little animal figures and it's really really simple to you to play to teach we played this at bordercon and this was nearly the game of bordercon this yeah, year absolutely because we got it out straight away and People went, oh, got to play that this weekend, and uh, it was always on several different tables, and it took, I think we played it, I played it twice that Mm. night, and just because of the nature of what we do here, very rarely do I get to play any game multiple times, let alone twice in a night, and I was happy to do so. It was the very first game that we played at BorderCon. And And amazingly,
0: I was going to say, our good friend Carl, we call him Euro Carl for a reason, I think he played it maybe half a dozen times and toured it a few times That's right
1: Yeah, he loved it. Which... And I just checked and it was my number 17 game. There you so go. just outside the top 15. But look that is a I mean obviously when when it's a nominee like that, it, it is a high quality game. Uh, I still think that in terms of bang for your buck, I think it was about a $50 game. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, it fills a table. The components are pretty yeah. much just perfect. Throw the insert out because it's garbage. But yeah. the game itself is awesome. And,
0: and look, another game. We were just talking about this last week, last episode. Where our good friend and sponsor Charles from LFG said, I'm going to send you down this game. I think you guys didn't like it. We were like, never heard of it. Yeah, this was weeks before the nomination. And we were like, mm, yeah, it looks a bit naff. Let's see. And... Yeah, we liked it, and the more we played it, the more we liked it, and it just grew and grew and grew on us. Good choice. Yeah, man. great game. There That's you... right.
1: Yeah, right. you started
0: the list on my second choice quite strong. <laughs> hey, well, well, now we're up to my number fourteen. Yep, I'm pretty positive that it's going to be higher somewhere else. What and did we... the computer say, Mark? <laughs> the computer said, "Computer said number fourteen is a small engine building card game
1: called Furnace." And I think we're going to talk about it later. There you go. That's fair enough. I'm quietly confident <laughs> that this game is not on your lists. Ooh. Ooh. but I could be totally wrong because I don't know what your lists are. So my number 14 game is a game that we got sent by one of our lovely sponsors. And I spent quite a bit of time playing this with my family. Ah. Did play it with you guys as well, yes. but only a little bit of time yes. for you guys. But much, much more with my family. You took the initiative on it, did you? I did take the initiative on it. It's a game called The Initiative. Mm. And I'm going to assume that it's on neither of your lists. Because it is a very simple, family-friendly game, and it is not heavy at all, but the story is really, really cool. It's a you, game within a game, for God's it sake. It is. You're 90s kids. You discover a thing, you do some things, and the game evolves over the, source of the, 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 the course of several games, and your choices impact the way that the game goes. It's small, not super cheap, but you get lots of replayability out of it, and there are some really cool... Aha moments. It's a mystery. Thank you. <laughs> so that's hey. my number fourteen game. Hey Leon, before
0: we move on, yeah. just got one thing to say.
2: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we are just the most professional at this, aren't we? Yep.
1: Yeah. So that was my number fourteen the
2: initiative. Yep. And um, yeah, I liked it. Beautiful. Leon. Now, my number 13 is a game that we still haven't got around to actually talking on our normal episodes, which is so weird, because we mention the designer nearly every episode, uh, and that is a game called Viscounts of the West Kingdom. Right, so that is my number 13, and the reason why I think you guys don't have it on your list is because we played this quite early Last year, yeah, in yeah, your 2021, and this was a game that we played several times in a row. This hit the table here in uh, Garth's CAVO Games. For about a month straight, mm. this was the game that was played quite often. Now, because of that being played nearly 18 months ago, I can't really remember that much about it, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> However... Shem Phillips, we talk about all the time when it comes to you know your worker placement games these days and your your medium to lightweight Euro games. And so it's it's the one with the castle in the middle. It's the one with the castle in the middle, the circle board like, that you go yep. around, and that trilogy, all three games in that trilogy are strong. Correct. You could quite happily, I think, argue with anybody saying my my favourites: viscounts, Mines, architects, Mines, paladins, and go from there. All three of them are worth a crack, including this one. Are you sure we played it in twenty twenty one? Yeah.
0: God, it seems like 2017. It seems like such a long time ago.
2: No, that was probably Architects, which looks similar, obviously. Similar iconography. No, good pick, good pick. Well, I was going to say, you know,
1: one of the great things about those games is the iconography is the same. Yeah. So you play one game, obviously apart from learning the mechanics of it, you understand what every other game is going to be. Oh, I get that, I get that, I get that. Shem does make great games. Garfield deserves a spot on probably any top 10 to 15 list Mm -hmm. uh, over the last few years with the quality of their their games. Yeah, Good choice there, Leon. You are welcome. All
0: right, my number 13 game. Um, I feel like it should be on your list, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to take a crack at my number 13, which is Lost Ruins of Arnak. Okay, we won't talk
1: about it right now, Garth. Excellent. I'm going to talk about a game now for my thirteen. You don't know that. Don't have that confidence. Well, I'm going boys. to talk about a game because I'm, I'm still not sure that it's that it's, it's that the it's game. The game, but I'm I'm using the app like you're telling me to, Mark. I've already <laughs> sort of exerted some some control over it, and I want to just go let the let the app dictate.
2: So you guys have put in a lot of effort, but yet put in no effort whatsoever to these list points. No, I put in a lot of effort
1: because I recorded. Every single game that I played, I went through BGG and did every game that's been released in twenty one and twenty two that I have played. I then looked at every other game that is new to me over the period of time. I put them in the list and went ding 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 and did the votey thing the way that I'm meant to.
0: Oh, it was such a long time ago. I'd even go back and look through my camera roll to see pictures of games that I'd completely forgotten we'd
1: played, to go, oh, and he's wow, that about was like January 2021. And I take a lot of photos of games. I mean, you are at the Kodak store, getting your <laughs> film processed, you know, weekly. <laughs> <laughs> My
3: game
1: 13... Is Squaring Circleville. Oh now Squaring Circleville hey, looks
2: I, you didn't look at me. It could have been higher up on my list. It's not. It's not. And it was I did like it though. Squaring yeah. Circleville and I win it, so looks like beige and brown.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it and it looks really ho-hum. But I just really found the mechanics cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found like the theme is stupid. Like it's it's so niche. Yeah. You know? Someone said, let's build a circular city and all the residents hated it and they've got to make it square again. You know, can you imagine being in that marketing meeting where you go, (laughs) this is is a game, guys. It's going to set the world on fire. We're going to turn a circle into a square and people are going to love it. But Garth, wait, it's a true story. I know it is. And that's what makes it even more compelling. But what makes it even better is that it's a damn good game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And once you get over the fact that, yes, it is not going to be the next Simon mini-fest, and you are moving different shaped cubes around, doing different shaped things, and one of those is removing roads and placing roads, but that's cool Mm. (laughs) because the game is actually really solid. Yeah. So I'm going to own that choice. Yeah. 13 is squaring circle villain it was released in 2021 it was definitely in my top 26
0: and quick shout out to tina from behold games who sent us the squaring circleville who again said look not many people have heard about this it's really hard to get it's exclusive to a certain game company but i'm going to provide you with a
1: copy because i think you're going to like it and she was pretty spot on yeah well it did was it Spielworks? yes
2: hmm. exactly all right, number 12, Leon. Number 12, Leon. Uh, it's not actually Leon. It's a game that we talked about, some would say in the previous episodes, others might say about half an hour ago. <laughs> and that was a game called Batoku, which Ooh. is definitely not on Garth's list. No, not at all. Definitely not on Mars' no. list. Um, I don't think I need to say anything about it, because literally just listen to our last episode. Yeah, It's a game that we liked, we didn't love. However... I think that this is a game that is going to be in our hobby for a few years, and I reckon once maybe a second printing of it comes out after a few more people have played it, maybe another get an expansion. I say another expansion because it feels like there's an expansion already in there, with how <laughs> complicated <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, but it looks so good, and I enjoyed it, and it's more of a euro game. And I don't know if anybody out there, this is that are listening for the first time, but. Uh, Euro games are kind of my thing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of a local expert around here at the old Euro games. So you that need is. a cube turned into a different type of cube. Yeah, Leon. Leon's man. Man. Exactly. So that is Batoku my number
0: 12. He's your go-to for Batoku Well,
2: yep. Leon, it, it was my number 15. Yep.
1: Uh, but I thought it the was computer wrong, was wrong, <laughs> and I changed it to to be something else. There you go.
0: Well, my number 12. If I said the phrase square donuts, <laughs> You may not know what I'm talking about. But then if I said green square donuts, you're clearly on the right track now. We just talked about
2: squaring Circleville.
0: No, no, we're not squaring Circleville. We're squaring donuts. And it's because this is a game that is so clever. They called it So Clover.
2: Ah, right, clever.
1: Okay, I'll move on and we'll come back to that one later, perhaps. I think that's fair enough. Well... I'm going to talk about a game, maybe, or maybe not, (laughs) that we played at BorderCon, and I think it might have been one of the very few games that I played twice. Mm. We then played at good friend of the show and former Dice Man, Trent's Man Cave, Mm. and it is quite simply a 30-minute engine builder that knows exactly what it is. It is Furnace.
0: Mm. I I did mention it as my number 14. It was
1: definitely in my...
2: Just out of the top 15,
1: that's
0: oh,
3: for sure. There you go. So we I get the right out. sense. Yeah. So Furnace
1: is my number 12 game, and I really, really like it. It is in a small box that could absolutely be smaller, but it is a no-holes-barred, absolutely bare-bones engine builder. You start with some stuff, and every single turn, your pure goal is to turn as much stuff as you get into money. And that's it. You don't want anything left over. It is maximum efficiency. Yep. And you do that for the few rounds that it is. You count up who's got the most money. They've played the best. And that's it.
0: Yep, four rounds only. In fact, Garth, while you were busy the other weekend, good friend of the show, Trent and good friend of the show Carl and myself played it again. In fact, we were about to pull it out for a second time in the same night. And then we said, nah, buddy, that would just do more drinking. Because it is the sort of game that it, you know, it took, we talk a lot, as you know, when we play games, it probably took 90 minutes. And that was because we did a bit of refresher because we hadn't played it for a while. Um, You know, you could call it engine building, the engine building game because it's pure engine building. A lot of fun, a lot of game in a, as you said, a box that
2: could be smaller, but, yeah, it's certainly it's a, a great little game. Sorry, I, I must say I nodded off there thinking about when I first played <laughs> First Support. Did you just say it took you 90 minutes? Did you play it seven times? This game's like a 20-minute game <laughs> tops. What are you guys doing for 90 minutes? Chatting. Yeah, I can imagine so. That's
1: insane. That's there like... is an expansion that's either coming out or is out, mm-hmm. and I think it would just add a little bit more to it Um, but I love the fact that there's just those two simple ways of playing one is you know, when you're playing a new card you can choose the order in which it's going or you've got to play at one end just these little things that give you a bit more bang for your buck I think it's a a really
2: really good good choice it's a game I knew nothing about I was at BorderCon was told to Leon sit down and play with these lads they just played it want to play it again took Garth's spot played it and went this is really cool. Later that night taught it to a group of other people. A game that I hadn't heard of earlier that day. Yeah. And a game that like I said from a theme point of view, she's you know, she's as bland as we're building brown buildings in a brown time, but mechanics wise it's basically one mechanic that does well. Correct. Yeah, there you go. Furnace. From 2020. Mhm. Leon. Eleventy. Eleventy. My no, game eleventy, maybe on Garth's list. Maybe not. It's not on Mark's list, that's for sure. It's a game that, since it came out last year, has had now two other games come out that are the exact same, but slightly different. And that is a award-nominated game called Micro Macro. Oh, it was so close. So close. But it is not on the but list. But you just like Potoku a little bit better? Uh, well, when you compare <laughs> the two. Yeah, evidently. So Micro <laughs> Macro is it's a giant map. It's a giant map filled with black and white cartoon drawings, and you think, well, that's not a game. That's because it kind of isn't, really. It's more of an activity, and the whole point of this game is that you tell somebody a crime was committed. There was a theft. Somebody near the fountain in the you know the southwest of this town had their hat stolen, and you look at this gigantic map... Like I said, there's three different versions of this, so three different giant maps. And I imagine this is a game that's going to be around for years once yeah. they start cracking into the the fantasy, sci-fi, all these other kind of themes you could have with this. And you get out the cool little magnifying glass. This is a game you could put this giant picture up on a wall mm. and get like kids to go right. This is what you're doing, kids, and find them. I know Garth's actually played it a lot more than what I have. You played it with your family. You played through the entire thing. I like-
1: did. Yeah. So we played the 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 more recent one that we played is the full city. Yep. One. And, and, but I love the fact that the, of the two versions that I've played, the maps connect. Yes. So that they're all forming one big city. So they're going to meet this massive map at some point. But the isometric black and white art makes it so compelling to just look at. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even without going through the missions, you can lose yourself because you just pick a random character and go, where have they come from and where are they going? Yeah. And you, you can follow them. And you can go, okay, that's their house. And on their way, they ate an ice cream and dropped a bit of pizza on the thing. And then they ran into a friend and they <laughs> danced on the footpath. And then they went to the movies and then they did that.
2: And then they killed someone.
1: Very yeah. clever.
2: It's very, very cool. And it's just, yeah, it's a game that you can chuck down in front of anybody and literally tell them, this happened in the Southwest, find it for me. And they go, what? We're playing a game? What's happening here? And then that's how you start playing it. And it's yep. just much fun to be had. I did kind of zone out there again, sorry, Garth, because I was just thinking... <laughs> I wonder if that map could fit in my toilet or not <laughs> on one of the walls in my not in the toilet itself yep. on one of the toilet walls because that could be a lovely place to put it once I've played oh, through this. Oh, well, pondering favorite. on the throne, yeah. And it is made of paper in case of emergency. Desperate, Desperate paper. times, yeah. yes, indeed well, I do.
1: See, I think the game should be sold essentially as a poster. Yeah, you know, it should be laminated. Yeah, because all you need is the poster. Yeah, the little tiny cards with the missions and a and a. Which you could make pe- a black couple of black. Munchies. Which you
2: could make an app of without oh, breaking a sweat, geez. and then yeah, having the little magnifying glass is cool, but not even really necessary. Not and, for the
1: well, you're playing it
2: with kids most of the time, and their eyes are
1: a, a lot better yeah, than mine. <laughs> <right>. Yes, they <laughs> certainly
2: are. So that was my 11 micro macro. Pick any three of them, yeah. or all three of them if you want. Mm. And, oh, and it's
1: so cheap. It's like thirty bucks. Yeah, and you get so much value for your money. And then you pack it up and you give it to your friends, and they will love it too. Yep. All right. Well. I am
0: one hundred percent confident that neither of you have, as your number eleven, or in fact any of your numbers. Oh, this is about Felix's cat. Inside. A game, <laughs> a game by Uwe Rosenberg.
1: A two-player game. Mm. That's why you, you are that. correct. I do not have this particular game.
0: No, and it is Patchwork. Ah, oh, yes. And in fact, the edition I have is the Americana edition which the only difference to the standard edition is the pictures on the tile. So this is one of those tetromino cards where you are building a patchwork quilt ostensibly with buttons on it. But really, it's about placing tetromino shapes down, trying to fill in your board, going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. The tetrominoes are laid out around the board. And so you only generally have... Three or three, it is three. In fact, three to draw from, but it costs you button points to take it. So you have to have built up button points. How do you get button points? You put down pieces that have buttons on them, and every time you go past a button on the track, then you get more buttons. Basically, but that's a rubbish theme. This is a game that um, my wife and I, Sarah, love to play. I bet she loves the theme.
1: She does. She's right into. She will be heartbroken when you. Tell her that it's a rubbish thing.
0: Look, it's really... But it's it's tetromino... Tetromonominos. It's (laughs) like, you know, if you took the... um, That stupid big Uwe Rosenberg game, it's like it has this as a mini-game. The Feast of Odin. Throw away all the rest. Just keep the mini-game. It's just something that plays really quickly. We've been playing it on... I think we played it on BGA. Um, We played it... For in real life it's just a great two-player game i think it, it came out probably five or six years ago but it was new to me in 2021 and we have really loved it that is leon
2: that is leon that yes is leon. Uh, yeah. yes, that is, um, yes i will echo what you said because i've played it before and i really liked it and i've been wanting to buy a copy of this for myself, my wife, or whoever tends Mm -hmm. to come to my house for years. My problem with this is, and I'd even just checked then on the old Evil Corporation app, it's like 50-odd bucks still, Mm. no matter what version of this you want, and there's like about five different versions, which are all exactly the same except for the theming. And we just said a second ago, you can get Living Forest for that same price, which takes up a whole table. You can play with two, three, or four, and Patchwork is just a bunch of tiles on like a little thing. For 50 bucks, for me personally, I know I'm not going to play it heaps, Feels a little bit yeah. steep, so the price point's a bit high. Other than that, yeah, it's a belting game, yeah, yeah. I feel like I might have got it on, on special and I
0: might have maybe paid 40, but the fact that we'd already played it, yeah, I'm sure, it was on BGA. Um, and Sarah was absolutely in love with it. It's just one of those things where, yeah, it was a no brainer for me to buy. And you know, I was surprised how high up the list it came. But, you know, it is one of those games when I look back and think, I have played this so many times, particularly during COVID. It was one of the ones that just basically it sat on the table we just set it up, set it up, so quick to set up,
2: so quick to play. We'd, just, we'd bang out three or four games of it at a time.
0: I mean, it if you sat a
2: on a, like a three-seater couch next to somebody, yeah. you could put this between you on one of the seats and just play it while you're watching telly quite happily.
0: And again, because a small box, you know, we would throw it in the car and take it away on weekends yeah. away and things like that just as easily as you would with a couple of card games. Yep.
1: So there you go. My number 11, Patchwork. Lovely. Well, my number 11 uh-huh. is a game that has been mentioned already. <gasps> Ooh. We didn't talk about it. Oh. Is it Wonderland's War. Oh. So, yeah. Leon, it was your number 15. 15 I, I think. think it was, the very first game mentioned yep. in this particular episode. Uh huh. So, look, yeah, I, I did what the computer said, and it told me that it was my number 11 I game. told you that
2: I. Computer said I like it. And in fact, it is. The first game
1: on my list that is from twenty twenty-two. All of the other you. ones have been from twenty-one or twenty. One of the cool kids. So Wonderland's War, as the name suggests, is you're fighting in Wonderland. You could be Alice, you could be could be the Queen of Hearts, you could be the Mad Hatter, and it's a game of two halves, really. You've you've got this sort of Mad Hatter's feast section where you're going around and you're picking up cards and doing all these things, and then you go and battle over these hu- five or six different areas of Wonderland where you are taking it out of the bag, Mark. Mm. You're not even putting it back in the bag. (laughs) Except if you lose and then you're putting it all back in the bag. And only having played this game a couple of times, I still want to play it at maximum player count because I haven't done that yet. And I think that's when it's going to get crazy. And yes, it will be long, but I think that's where this game potentially may be at its best because you want fights that are involving multiple people and have such an element of chance and swinginess that you can just go, ah, or woohoo, or anywhere in between. And the game looks
2: glorious. Oh uh, yeah, components are dead on. And this is a game, again, I think there'll be, Probably getting expansions of this out for quite some time. Well, it was
1: only recently again on Kickstarter and again made all the money. And, you know, people who have the retail version as we do, uh, do got the deluxified components, the, yeah. the big thick chips, and all of that kind of thing.
2: My only issue with this game is that it's not complicated at all once you've played it, but teaching people for the first time yep. is. It's so weird. It's a five-minute teach because it's not hard, but yet that five minutes seems to take 25 minutes, half an hour. I taught this to a table at BorderCon after I'd only played it like a week or so earlier, And I said, this game is actually really not that hard. And then I proceeded to talk their heads off for half an hour. <laughs> and
1: I thought, what the hell that yes. just happened there? So it's a bit oh, of a weird. The book doesn't do itself any favours at all. No.
0: And I think that, for me, that was why it didn't make it in my top 15, but was probably in my top 20. So I did have a lot of fun. I'd happily play it again. But yeah, it's just got some crazy chaotic stuff, which is part of why it's so great,
2: but part of why you sort of have to explain lots of different things. There you go. I'd like to say we just talked about 15 games. Realistically, we talked about one and a half, I think. (laughs) Uh, But we should probably just have a quick little break here Mm. for us and for you so we can get a few more drinkies in before we crack into the actual top 10 of the situation. Hey, this is Brenna from Quill Silver Studio. You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, a podcast that I absolutely adore. This is Greg May from Quill Silver, and I just love the gas room. The Dice Men Cometh, cool. Hey, this is Dan from Quill Silver Studio, and I'm chilling out with The Dice Men Cometh. I wonder
0: what the next game I'll play will be. I'm sure it'll be a good one. All right, we're back to our top 15. We've got the five dross each out of the way, and that is 15 down to 11. That's rubbish. That's not
2: cool. Yeah, not good games, though. They're rubbish. <laughs> These could you be like someone us.
0: else's favourite games of the year. Yeah. And now we're getting to the meat and the potatoes. Or the start of a top 10. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to do, Leon? What? I'm going to throw to you yeah. For your number 10 game.
2: My number 10. Well, that's old school. Yeah. My number 10 is a two-player game about World War II. Woo! The game is called Blitzkrieg. It better be quick. It is. Mm. It's World War II in 15 minutes. Mm. But I'm going to talk about it in, hopefully, a lot less time than that.
1: Well, I think you can because yep. it's not on my list. Go for yes. it. But it's a game that you played with me. I Garth. definitely have, and, and it is a great game.
2: Yes, and as somebody that now is a father, as I must say, so naturally you are worried about your son <laughs> going off to war now. No, I had to pick between um, being really good at slow cooking and uh, curing meats, or getting <laughs> into the history of World War Two. Yeah. and I chose to get into get the, the history of World sourdough War Two, starter, uh, because I was already pretty good at cooking a really slow cooked lamb. So I got into World War Two more because you know sleepless nights they're the best movies to chuck on because they go for four hours <laughs> uh, but yeah blitzkrieg world war Two in 15 minutes it is a great little game where you're trying to take control of different regions on the board there is a tiny little expansion that is in every single base game of this now where you can use godzilla for crying out loud godzilla. which is fun there's <laughs> so is, historically accurate there's also a backside of the board where you play uh, Godzilla's of, backside no you don't you play it's, it's America I believe it is where you kind of do an alternative reality uh, civil war in America not the actual civil war a, a modern civil it's war like Gilead Yes, and then there's the new version of it, Caesar, which has been out for a while. Which people say is very similar, but it changes things just yeah. enough that it is a game that I think the mechanics of it are probably going to be. You're probably going to see several versions of this for the years coming, and it's good because it's a it's a Paolo Mori game. People like his stuff. Do. It came out several years ago, and I know the the Dice Tower were big fans of it, but no one else. Like, it was, I think, a Kickstarter that didn't go huge, but until those guys got their hands on it and went, this is actually quite something. I think um, Shut Up and Sit Down did a
1: a video as well. They did as well, about a year or so later. Mm. um,
2: And both of those times, the game was just not in distribution at all. As soon as I heard the Dice Tower talk about it, I was like, well, I like World War II games. I'd like to try it. Couldn't get it anywhere for love nor money for about two years. But now... It's everywhere, so I would suggest that anybody that likes two-player games, even if the theme doesn't appeal to you, mm. it's not that big a deal, and it's not like it's violent or anything like that. You're just putting out chits on the board, basically. Uh, but it was good fun, hence why it is my number 10. A go! It yeah. was a very, very good game.
0: Now, I'm very confident that, Leon, you won't have this on your list.
2: I'm sophisticated. No, it's, it's because... My beer is in a stubby holder. Hey, Leon. Yeah? Remember PAX... You remember how to use a soundboard? Yeah,
3: there
2: you go. And for those of you
1: playing at home, Mark mind. pressed the screen instead <laughs> yeah. of the button. Of course, it's In confusing. That sick burn, that sick burn for it's you, Leon.
0: Confusing. Yeah. Well, this is a game that I played at PAX this year. I could have been playing it. At you could have, but I, but I probably but didn't. You weren't. And yeah. this was actually one of the surprises of my list, where I was like, "No, that high!" When I did all the comparisons. Um I should check, Garth, if you also have Istanbul the Dice Game on your list. I'm amazed. I do not. Because it is such a good little game. So of course, Istanbul has been around uh, around for a long time.
1: Well, it's been around for thousands of years, that's hasn't it? Right. <laughs> and <laughs> then it was Constantinople,
0: yeah. that's right. Well, Istanbul the Dice Game is surprisingly enough the dice game version of Istanbul, where you are travelling around Istanbul doing actions to get crystals, because you need to get, I think it's four crystals, five crystals, some crystals, to end the game. It's a race. You've got fun little market mechanics where you're gathering different types of goods, turning in those goods to get crystals or to get cards. You've got cards that do give you other cards. You've got cards that give you persistent actions. I didn't even know anything about this game until, Leon,
2: Yes. No, finish what you say.
0: Until good friends of the show, I was going to say Leon, Richard and Sarah said, Garth and Mark, if you've got five minutes, let's just sit down and play a quick game because we haven't seen you for ages. How about this? And I was like, yeah, okay. Oh boy, it is a great game. And... I can certainly see why you could own Istanbul and Istanbul the dice game because they're very different, but then in a way it sort of scratches the Istanbul itch and plays in like a third of the time. It played. Yeah, we were done really in like quick. 25 minutes or something, yeah. were not we? And look, yes, I won, but hey, it happens often. But that's not the reason it's so high up my list. It just it was a lot of fun, packed into a short amount of time, really neat little mechanics. It was a really tight little game. It was one of those games where it was almost like, what? I've got the crystals, and I could see, I think, if I hadn't got my last crystal, the same turn Richard was going to get it. I think Sarah was going to get it. You were very close, Garth. It was really, really tight. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, That is Istanbul, the Dice Game, designed by Rudiger Dorn and published by AEG.
2: Well, Richard and Sarah are huge fans of the normal, Mm. Istanbul, as we are here as well. And uh, the fact that they own that shows that they think it's different enough that you can own both. However, I'm going to put it back in your face, there, smarty, mixed smarty pants. <laughs> okay. Because I have played Istanbul the Dice game. Uh, I just played it about three years ago at BorderCon <laughs> with friends of the show, Don Bone and QC, uh, years before you got over you to go. your packs with your cool hip friends to play it. So, there. <laughs> And yes, I enjoyed it too, so good pick. Excellent. That was my number 11. Uh, my number 10.
1: Well, it was. Garth. I'm quite confident that I'm not going to be talking about this particular game. Uh, but let's just say it involves a horse race.
2: Yeah. That's all. Leon. Hello. <laughs> my number nine is a game that Mark went to mention earlier in, a, in by using a reference that I didn't understand in the slightest. But now I do, and that is a game, a party game, because I always like to have a couple of party games on the top ten because mm-hmm. they're always so fun. Yes. And that is a game called So Clover. It is. And just need to have more parties. And more square donuts. Yeah. So this is a game that
1: was arguably explained the worst <laughs> that any game has ever been explained live on radio Yeah. when Mark tried yes. to explain it live yes. on ABC yes. Radio.
2: Yeah. it's It's... It is kind of it's in the for me, the realm of code names. Is when someone when I first saw a video of code names, I just I didn't understand it. I don't yeah. know why. Yes. Until I played a round of it and I went, Oh, that's the simplest game in the world. What is wrong <laughs> with me? So Clover, yeah, it's kind of like that. So I'll I will not butcher it by doing this again. However, what I will say is it was bring out it was bring out by Repos Games, which is the same people that made Just One. Mm. This was kind of their big party game to come out after Just One. And Just Just One is essentially The perfect party game and will be up there for a very long time in your top five party games of all time, I think if anybody would say that, and this was supposed to be the next big thing, and for me, I think it scratches very, very similar itches. I don't necessarily say it's just as good or just as accessible, however, it's very, very close. The problem is, obviously is the timing is that it's come out in the last couple of years as you've noticed the last couple of years have been a little bit different in terms of few ha- less parties having few less parties and whatnot. <laughs> but So Clover is a game now that I do recommend now that people are starting to get out there in their confidence they can hit the pubs they can hit the family gatherings or whatever else get your hands on So Clover it is is much fun had by all this is again one of those games where I have played it at a family gathering a few months ago now and there were people at the the table aged from 6 to 66 and every Everyone had fun regardless yeah look it,
1: it it's not quite perfect but it's no. very bloody good yeah no. i think the reason it's not quite perfect is because just one probably is yeah yeah it's just so damn good yeah but so clover it it hovered on my list and it's mm. it's, it's somewhere there I, I i'd need to go back and check Yeah, but i just i haven't played it enough to, yep. be able to, to, to be able to put it on the list. I think I've only played it that one time, potentially, when when we sat down and... Uh, and, <laughs> and I feel like I played it a second time when I had to listen to Mark try and explain it on the, the radio there,
0: so... Well, it's another one of those games that, even though Leon owns it, I need to buy a copy yeah. because it's one of those parties... It should be one of those party staples. I love a word game. I love a party game. I love seeing how different people can come up with so many different ways to express the same words. It's and how you can cheat because you
1: were choosing the words <laughs> and choosing the orientation.
2: And... I suppose you can do that for for fun, comic-affected yeah. and whatnot. But, yeah, I think what they set out to do was, A, make a good party game, but you're not going to make another game just as successful as mm. just one, I don't think. No. But making something that you could have both of those in your collection because they're not the same at all. Yep. They both scratch a completely different itch, mm-hmm. Um, but they're both really good. Do you remember awesome. the play count, just out of curiosity? I want to say the actual clovers you can have in the box, I think it's five. Yeah, five, I think. I think, but realistically, that doesn't matter yeah. at all. You only need one of them, really. That's true. And to one person to be like the person that actually knows where things go. And then as many people as you can fit around a table is the answer to that. So even better than De crypto, you're saying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh. <laughs> <sighs> all right let's move on now
0: I'm absolutely positive oh, God. that neither of you are going to have this game and I have a certain level of guilt about that because I feel like as it is a game that I own and that I have played with my lovely wife once to sort of see if it was the sort of game that I should play with you guys the answer was yes of course absolutely so we loved it except it's Tricky to teach, and I haven't had the nerve. That game, gentlemen, is Star Trek Frontiers.
2: (laughs) Is it on either of
0: your lists? (laughs) No. Funny that. Because we haven't played it. So this, of course, is a game designed by Vlad Khlatl and Andrew Parks. It's the remake of Mage Knight in the Star Trek universe. Andrew Parks has come to bring his Starship knowledge to Vlada Kavatil, Of course, Garth, we remember Andrew Parks being the long-suffering designer of Core Worlds (laughs) that we indeed filmed. One of our only two YouTube videos where we savaged him for that game, but not this game. (sighs) No, that was pretty bad. Because people love Mage Knights and people love Star Trek. And imagine if you mashed those two things together, you'd think given it's got the little whiz kids, plastic ships and board cube and everything, you'd think it'd be much higher up the list of l- most loved games than Mage Knight, wouldn't you? Yes. But it's not. And I don't know why
2: some people are just sticks in the mud. I think it's because it's hard to teach. It's probably, probably, it's probably, probably because I, yeah, people aren't teaching it It's the it only anymore. thing I've ever heard about the game.
0: Well, here's the thing. I've played Mage Knight 2, and I remember, and this is like back, back, back in the day, I remember thinking, this game is not bad, but I'd rather be in a starship. And so for me, Star Trek Frontiers is definitely the better game, but it's clunky and it's tough, tough, tough to teach. I haven't sold it. I haven't moved it on because it's sitting there (laughs) and I feel like one day I will teach it to you, but might have to play it a few more times to get the nerve up. So I am sorry that
2: you have not played num- my number nine game, Star Trek Frontiers. When you play it, do you have to tuck your pants into the back of your shoes? <laughs> do you have to give yourself the old Captain Kirk before <laughs> you can play it?
0: No. Okay.
2: No. All
1: right. Go so on. my number nine involves Cthulhu at sea. And I can keep talking you about can it. can
2: keep talking it just, about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: So Unfathomable yeah. is a game about Cthulhu at sea. Mm. Or deep ones in the ocean, as you were. Yeah. Uh, This is the new take on Battlestar Galactica. It is the version that you can't otherwise get because BSG is just too expensive and too out of print. Uh, In this, you are quite simply either trying to survive the voyage from one side of the Atlantic to the other, or you are trying to make it all turn bad, and all you're going to do is lie to your friends for several hours... You will draw some cards, you will do some things, and all of that is about lying to your friends for several hours and how can that not be fun? Well, it is fun. It is. And it made my number nine. It looks brilliant. It, I'm waiting, actually. I've, I've sent the minis away to get painted by a, mm. by a friend and I'm expecting good things because he certainly knows how to talk it up. So I had a great time with this. It's not BSG. But it's a pretty good substitute. Yeah.
0: Yep. Look, I mean, there was definitely a, probably round about 20 on my list because I did have a lot of fun with it. Yep. But there were just a few things that were a bit off for me. Yep. I'd, it is certainly one of those games that I'd be happy to play anytime. And I guess that probably makes it what? Like a.
2: Eight on the BGG scale. Nine, which is pretty good.
3: Seven pretty eight.
0: good. It's yeah. It's an
2: event game because yeah. you want to play this game with a decent number of people yep. and it's not going to take a short amount of time. Uh, but other than that, yeah, like you said, you can't get BSG, so that makes, no. it makes sense to, to crack into this. Yeah, mm. it's,
1: it's amazing because I'd be comparing it maybe to Star Trek
2: Frontiers, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, nor can I. Uh, mm. Leon, uh, number eight. Number eight is a game that um, I'm not going to even bother because it's definitely going to be higher up on somebody else's list it's a game I played at BorderCon Um, this is a bit of a cheat because I had had played this outside of these last two years many years ago but only very briefly and I don't even know if it really counts because I played it properly for the first time this year at BorderCon and then purchased my own copy and played it a few times at home and it went down really well Um, but you two love it so it's going to be on one of yours and that is Ricochet Robots (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: oh, he's funny. I yeah.
1: think if I wrote those words on a bit of paper, yep. the paper would spontaneously combust <laughs> because it is so bad.
2: So it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. You're bad at it because you. You're, I am bad at it because you're stupid people. Uh, Ricochet Robots is a game that I had to order from the Evil Corporation, and it was the German version, which doesn't matter because A, the English rules are on BGG and B, there's no cards or anything. This is a game that's all about robots ricocheting around a board and they do perfect movements. They go all the way one way or all the other way and you've got to try and get certain coloured robots to certain spots on the board. And I can't do it justice but it is a brain burner. But it is really, really good that you put it in front of people and you tell them how to play it. And they just kind of go, what? Oh, okay, well, let's play a round of it, sure. And they'll play it and they go, what? This is stupid. Do you want to play it again? Yeah, of course I want to play it again. <laughs> and then you find that you've played it for for hours on end, sitting there in silence with your friends, looking yep. at a board, screaming out, screaming out, eight, just at the top of your head. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> this is a game about staring at a board.
0: Some people stare for seconds. Some people stare for many, many, many minutes. People yell out numbers. Do they have any bearing on the game? Well, when I screamed out the numbers, it certainly didn't, (laughs) and nothing moves,
2: and yet people go, oh,
0: yes, oh, oh, no, why didn't I see that? So,
2: taught to us by our good friend Aos and all the Queensland boys Mm -hmm. who are huge fans of this and pretty much world experts at this game, so this is a game that you need to play for yourself, you can, like, check it out on YouTube or whatever, but it's... It's really interesting, and it gave us maybe the board gaming moment of the year. <laughs> Hello, Charles, our sponsor from LFG. Just ah, uh, to see a man that powerful, oh, so broken as a human being. It was because awesome. he couldn't ricochet that little robot <laughs> <laughs> off a little wall. Oh, it was amazing. Ah, uh, that
1: that memory you are so yeah. correctly on. Yeah. That that memory will stick with me
2: possibly forever. But the game is is so simple, but I I, I generally do think it is an excellent game, yep. so that's why it's on my list. It had to be.
1: Yeah, I think the only way to enjoy it is to play it with people who've never played it before. <laughs> because if, if you play it with someone who's played it before, yeah. you will 100% lose, and you will probably 100% lose for the next 50 games that you play. <laughs> possibly. But... Because sitting there with AOS and one of the Johns, who are, as yeah. you say, you know, world champs at this... And it gets revealed, and within five seconds they go, seven. Oh no, six, eight, yep, six. Yep. And you're there going, I reckon. <laughs>
2: 75. I reckon if I go, <laughs> <"Un>, which <laughs>
0: robot are we talking about again? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe
2: you get 20? Yeah. yeah. If and, you can remember. Oh, it's painful.
1: Yeah. Like, it's I'm, a classic. I'm not surprised it's on your list, Leon, but yep. it will never be on my top one billion.
2: No.
0: All right, number eight.
1: Yeah. Now, this is one that
0: has been mentioned before by one person. I don't know if it will be mentioned by the other, so we'll, let's see. It's a little game, a bite-sized game
2: called Bites. Is it higher on anyone's list? No? Um, Definitely but... be one of my honourable mentions, but...
0: No. <laughs> so you did there. Uh, and what
2: number was it on yours again, Garth? It was my revised 15.
0: Yes, and the funny thing about this game, I'm once again, like... So surprised how high it was on my list because I didn't play
2: it at BorderCon. I'd never seen it before until, Leon, Uh played it at PAX. Well, I played it at BorderCon and I bought it and it is now sitting in my house. Do you
0: own it? I own it. Ah, Well, I came back from PAX and the first game that I thought I had to buy, because it wasn't anywhere at PAX, was this game. And I looked on the internet and it was like, people wanted...
2: $130, $140. $130, 140 You can get it shipped directly from the distributor. Well, I'd, Or you could just borrow my copy. Well, <laughs> I
0: did see... Uh, last night, I did look on lfg-oz.com.au and it does say... Uh, either pre-order or on back order. So I'm going to have a word to Charles because he did have it at a reasonable price. It's an amazing little game. I was so blown away. It is such fun to move your little ant along the little trail of food, different coloured, bright thick cardboard tokens with the little wooden ants trying to get up that ant dyas at the end.
1: You're running up that hill.
0: And (laughs) uh, Bridget and Wolfgang Ditt, I've never heard of them before, um, but they have created a fantastic little game. It's just, I was like, yeah, it's just deep sea adventure, but it's like, deep sea adventure but way more fun with the and probably the same price as well yeah well then the whole thing of well you know you don't know what the stuff you gather is going to be worth until the end of the game so you're sort of taking a bit of a punt do you get more do you try and spread yourself out oh but i see garth going for all the cheese i better get some cheese I, i just had so much fun with
1: it it's it's great and all the variable I guess, rules mm. and scoring conditions by the, the different cards yeah. that happen to be in play. Uh, throwing in the, the champagne and the chocolat. Yes. Uh, just to make it a little bit more interesting. The worst thing about this game is the box. The box looks boring. Yeah. It looks it's, dull. It's just that red and white hatch sort of colour. Like that rag tossing. Maybe rag-tossing. just a picnic, yeah, picnic. Yeah, but the word bites on it. That's yeah. right. It's like, I will never buy that game Yeah, in a game store. Yeah. I won't even pick it up. Yeah. But... it just does it just such a disservice. And again, well,
0: you know, it's one that I want to have in my collection for the party, the non-gamer
2: friends who are coming over, like, oh, I'll just throw this down for a bit of light fun. And you know they're going to absolutely love yeah. it. But as you said, Garth, it is a crime because you see that box and you go, yeah, nothing special. Then you set it up on the table and you go, hang on a tick, yeah. and all of a sudden, oh. much like at BorderCon, because we didn't own a copy of it, somebody else just had a copy, of it, and I walked past and stopped and did a double take, going, yeah. "What's going on here? Crazy talk!" And we were only there playing because we had to stay around to supervise the closing of the room. <laughs> yes, because we had to make sure that the bar closed at an appropriate time after we'd raided it beforehand. <laughs> and me and Garth grabbed a copy of the people that played it and said, "Um, do you mind if we play this?" And they went, "Yeah, um, we're not free at the moment, but feel free to take it." And we ended up being joined by two people we- we've never played games before that have been to BorderCon all the years we have which i thought was kind of cool and they just said we want to play it too and we said jump in we don't know what we're doing so we sat there got the rules grocked in about five minutes and we were ants wow. eating champagne with them yeah. before you know it. Mm-hmm. it was awesome yeah no great yeah.
0: little game
1: so that's my number eight game is bites lovely well yeah. my my number eight game there's a chance i think mark of, mm-hmm. of being on your list mm-hmm. i'm not too sure about you leon Um, It is the second iteration of a cooperative trick-taking game. And that's all I have to say about Mm -hmm.
2: that. Right. Well, an exciting entry there, Gareth. (laughs) Uh, You should hear me talk about it properly. My number seven is a game that I'm not going to talk about. It's called Carnegie. You are not going to talk about it, I assume. Okay. Well, it's already been on my list. It was my number 15. Yes. So there you go. When you say assume, you know. I'm pretty sure. You're pretty sure. I'm pretty sure my robot friends know that it's not going to be
0: talked about at number seven. All right. Well, I'm pretty confident that my robot friends know that this game that's number seven on my list. Well, will I have coffee? Will I have cake? Will I retire to my room?
1: I'm not going to talk about it anymore, I don't think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't if I were you. Okay. I think it's pretty fair to say that you don't need to talk no, about that. Good. All right. So we're probably getting to the pointy end where a lot of the games mm. could potentially suffer from this, this ailment of maybe appearing <laughs> Not being able How would we talked about? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not too sure about this one. I think it probably, if anyone, Mark, it would, might be on yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a a small card version of an otherwise quite a large and lengthy game that involves a... Uh, let's say, the terraforming of a planet that is not Earth. It is Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition, which came out in 2021. Right. And I really, really like it. Wow. And I love the fact <laughs> that, that I don't point. have to play Terraforming Mars for four, five, six, 25 hours. I don't even know how long it takes anymore, but I don't want to have to play it because I can get this game done in about an hour. And now, the reason really why cool. The reason why I said, wow...
0: Because I just realised that that was a game I totally missed off my list. I don't, to be honest, I actually don't think it would have made my top 15. Because I love Terraforming Mars, the game, so much that I just wonder how many times... And I own it. I own the card that... You do? The Ares uh, Expedition. And in fact, I've just backed on Kickstarter the expansion. (laughs) Because hey, that's what you do when you buy a game—you back all the
2: expansions. Yeah, but I, you buy a game so Garth can play. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's generally um, what you
0: do. That's the way <laughs> games work. But isn't? yeah, I just yeah, it hasn't got back to my table again since Terraforming Mars has. I guess that's that's the honest truth. I'm just surprised I totally forgot about it. <laughs> but but I, it wouldn't it wouldn't have featured in my
1: top fifteen. I don't. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, so. It would absolutely have a home in my collection, whereas terraforming Mars wouldn't, because while I love a good long game, I don't think it's complicated. Like, I don't think terraforming Mars is complicated enough to justify the amount of time it yeah. takes to play. That's why I like this version. Play a card, do a thing, get some resources, move up some tracks, rinse and repeat. I win. Let's move on. I don't want to have to do that over three hours when I can do it over one.
2: Yeah.
1: It's my number seven game.
2: Okay. I, don't, I don't recall Terraforming Mars being that long, but evidently I must be wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. All right. We'll do our number sixes, number and then we might take a little bit of a yeah. break, hey, before we wrap this baby up. Now, my number six game is a game that... uh, It's a game that Garth and I have played, and I don't believe Mark has played. We played it at the pub, which is something in the last two years is... Maybe the only game we've played at the pub <laughs> yeah. in Perfect end, which is a sad state of affairs, uh, t- during, because of the world and you know time management and whatnot. And the reason why this game is only number six on my list is because it is the second edition of a game that is one of my favourite, if not my favourite games ever, and that is Summoner Wars 2nd Edition. Oh, the yeah. reason it's on number six... I mean, realistically, what's my favourite game out of all of them we're talking about today? It is Summoner Wars 2nd Edition. Yeah. Yes. But... It is not overly so much different than the first edition that I could warrant saying that these five other unique games mm. should be under it. So I know that's a bit of a weird thing to say, but that's why it is where it is on my list. Um, because all it does is streamline one or two simple rules in the game, and the art is slightly different. The art is arguably better by our good friend Martin Abel. Uh, fellow Tasmanian. <laughs> <laughs> He's Australian, either way. <laughs> uh, but so the, the, the art is different and those few little stream run rules, they make the game better and so much so that my first edition of the game that I had that I had every single card for and I had a custom mat and everything for, I sold it all. Because <gasps> I I sold it all for a pretty penny too, you should mm, see. It. I bet awesome. you did. <laughs> um, because the simple fact is those couple of little rules which you couldn't really retrofit to the first edition, they were just enough to go, no, this second edition is better. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'm ever going to play the first edition again. And that's what I do with my games. If I'm not going to play them, I'm not a yep. person that I wanted to have it sit on my shelf for years. It's going. Yep. Um, and you will end up with every
1: possible faction and every I, possible thing that you can get for this I second edition. I
2: already have. Yep. And I dare to say that I'd be one of the few people in Australia that get the new expansions like the second, even internationally, I can get my hands on them yep. shipped to me. Uh, because it is that good. Because Summoner Wars, I think, still is the best two-player board game ever made, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and the second edition is wicked, so get it. There you go. No. All right. My
0: number now, now. My number six. It's actually been mentioned by someone, but not in the list. Ooh. It was actually mentioned prior to discussing the list, and I feel like maybe this is like a bit of a rule stretch for me because it's a video game. When not? <laughs> When I was thinking back to when I played this game, I definitely completed the game in 20... Why have it even been 2022? I can't... It's all such a blur. Um, And that game is King's Dilemma.
3: <laughs>
0: You're number one of 2020, Garth. Uh, yep. So clearly I must have first played it in 2020. But to be fair, as I said, we didn't complete the game until was it 2021 or was it even like March 2022?
1: Uh yes, it was one of those two things.
0: Um and look, clearly you talked about it a lot, then we talked about it a lot when we talked about it on the show. A campaign game, a legacy game, but in such a different way to any other legacy game where there's no game really, you know, that it sort of almost doesn't have mechanics. It has cards, You vote, you bid, you do stuff, you read text. But amazingly, it's it's like the Emperor's New Clothes where there's nothing underneath, but at the same time, if you're playing with the right group of people, it's so much fun. We played, what was it? It's like the 15 or 18 games of the campaign. Yeah, I think it was around about 17 games. Yeah, and and then we took great joy in burning it. And taking a video of burning it even that people were shuddering about all over the world. <laughs> but I just had so much fun with this game. And when you mentioned it at the start, I was like, oh, okay, so it was 2020. But clearly, I finished it in 2021 or 2022. So I'm going
1: to stick to my number six being King's Dilemma. I think that's an excellent choice. And I want it. So that was even better. <laughs> you number six, scarf. My number six is uh, also about cakes and coffee. So I don't think we really need to talk about it just yet, do we?
2: How terribly exciting it yes. <laughs> is.
1: And on that bombshell, yes. we should go to a break. And we will come back with our top five games at twenty-one, 22. You're listening to... <laughs> Hey, I'm Keith D. Franks the third, and you're listening to my favorite show, The Dice Man Cometh. The Dice Man
0: Cometh Alright, we're back, and we're at the business end of the evening. Where are we talking about our 5, 4, 3, 2, and once best game for twenty twenty one twenty two, Leon.
2: Nah, we reveal our number ones on Patreon. We won't give it. To them. <laughs> we won't give it to the. Imagine doing that. That would be me. Are you having to go at our
0: our friends who gather around the cooking implement? Oh, is that what they did? No, no, they did ten to
2: one on their podcast, but then they did like fifty. Yeah, down to eleven. For, no, the pay- for the Patreon. That's completely reasonable, and I tell you what, that is a cracking idea for us to steal when we, <laughs> when we do our episode, which will probably come out, our secret episode on our Patreon, which will come out very similar to this at the end of December. Mm,
0: Alright, a- right, now Leon, don't yes. keep the listeners waiting.
2: My number five is a game that has already been mentioned in some form, and it, it is about exploring a ruin that has been lost in a place called Arnak. Who mentioned it? I did. I had it as my number 13. Number 13. So, Lost Ruins of Arnak, a game that in 2021, I would argue, would have been quite high on a fair few people's lists because this is a game that came into the hobby and it's kind of weird that it was like a really big hit but again, it does nothing like particularly new or particularly crazy. It's just... Everyone seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. It looks really nice. The components are really good. Yeah, I think Top the noted.
0: presentation had a lot to do with it. I think the theme had a lot to do with it. You know, it's that sort of Indiana Jones yeah. theme. It had an Egyptian thing happening, which everyone loves
2: Egypt. Yes, it has, uh, in 2022, however, gotten its first expansion, mm. which is... It's kind of a... Like, the expansion's really good, don't get me wrong, but... All the stuff in it probably should have been in the base game, because it, all it does is add variable player powers to all the different characters in it, which should have been there from the beginning.
1: Well, I put Lost Ruins of Arnak as my honourable mention, yeah. slash leaders. Yeah, exactly. So it's on there as my yeah. honourable mentions, but only with this expansion, because like you, Leon, I think yeah. if you're going to play it, you play it with the expansion yep. built yeah. in.
2: It's the Terraforming Mars with the, uh, the prelude things and... I've said a billion times, The King of Tokyo with power up. is You literally don't even look at this game without that expansion. So that is why this year I think it still stayed relevant. And yeah, I don't really need to say much about it because I'd say most people have probably played it by now. If not, get on those YouTube, check it out. I won't be the only person kind of gushing over it. It's a really enjoyable game that I still own. And I'm looking forward to probably getting back to the table when the newest expansion comes out, I dare say. And we did have quite a big
0: episode talking about it. Yeah. Trying to think back, what was the game we were comparing it to? June. At a lot of people compare That's it to right. June.
2: June Imperium. Yeah. Oh, I think it's just that that year. Yeah. That was the two big outstanding games yeah. that came out probably last year. So in, like, in terms of what you do, they're not similar in the slightest. But um, I can tell you that that game's on our list. And I gather June Imperium's probably not on anyone's Nope. It's no. on the BGG list. It's probably
1: in the top ten yes. by now. To Who be honest,
2: I did enjoy it. And I did buy June Imperium. So... If I would have thought of it, it probably would have been in my top 15. <laughs> but screw it. I knew that was going to happen. Have That's you what moved happened. it on? Or do you still own it? Jude Imperium? I would moved it on only because so many people I know. It's I mean, over know, there. Yeah. There was no yeah. So there you go. Lovely. All right. Number five. Well, I feel like
0: I don't know if I'll get a second chance to talk about this one. When I save the world from the terrors of climate change. Um, It is, of course, I'm talking about CO2 Second Chance. It's an honourable mention of mine. Okay, of course, Vital Lacerda, this new version with the art by Ian O'Toole. And, you know, you're cooperatively saving the world from um, carbon dioxide, greenhouse gases and all those things. We did a whole episode on it. I love the theme. I love the theme so much. And then this game does it so well but oh my goodness as we talked about in our recent episode it is so tough <laughs> yes, it's so but that is part of what makes me want to just play it again and again yep. and again I just want to get better and better and better I love the way you put it together I love the way you build your your power stations in three phases where you've got to plan them then you've got to sort of build the foundations then you've got to do the third bit that I can't remember what it's called you've got to send your scientists off to symposiums and it's just so thematic, but then the gameplay is fun, engaging, so bloody hard. I have just enjoyed it so much. That is my number five CO2 second chance.
1: And look, I I really actually thought about this game because I've set it up numerous times and I played it at BorderCon or it was set up for us yes. in BorderCon probably in 2000. 2017 or yeah, something. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Um, but oh, yeah, I'm actually thinking got a bit of time off over Christmas New <laughs> year, and maybe maybe there's a there's an epic game day in there. Yep. Um, my number five is is not about visiting the sun; it's actually going beyond the sun.
0: Ooh, I did have it as an honourable mention. In that, it was number sixteen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Leon, I'm going to assume. That it's not on your list
2: since I haven't played it. Correct.
1: Excellent. (laughs) So, Beyond the Sun, which I wrote as Beyond the Stars, and then corrected, is possibly the most boring-looking game on my list. Yeah. But Squaring Circleville. (laughs) That's putting Squaring Circleville in there because the the starting game state for Beyond the Sun. is all blue and all white yep. and there is no excitement in this Oh, is game.
2: this the Tech Tree game? It's yes is
1: Tech Tree, the Tech Tree game. Yes. And we've played it now several times mm. and I don't think I've lost yet, <laughs> but that's not why I love it. I love it because it is like furnaces to engine building, mm. beyond the sun is into Tech Tree. Yep. Yep. I need to do this because I need to do that. And I need to do that, which gets me victory points. And it's all about, as Deadpool would say, maximum effort. Yes. And I need to just go bang, 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 bang. And just absolutely with laser focus, Yeah. do not Waste deviate from this strategy and just go, that's what I'm going to do. I do not give a rat's ass about what anyone else is doing because yeah. it's less efficient than what I'm going to do. Because the game ends when someone's got what, four things at the end of the track? And it it just goes, the game's going, the game's going, the game's going. Oh, the game's done. It just happens in a heartbeat and you need to be right there at the end because if you're 90% of the way there, then that's zero points. You need to be competing at every single stage. And the first game's long, the second game's quicker, and the third game is even quicker again. And it's just so tense. I, I love this game. It looks crap <laughs> but it's a testament to what simply done mechanics done well can achieve yeah
0: and i've, I've played it a heap more since the last time we played it. and i think we, we played it like three or four times um on bga yep. the bga uh, version is really great and again you know because you're just coming back and having your turn um, it is the sort of game where you don't need to think too much about what was i going to do again because you know you just probably go into that next step on the same tech that's tree. Right. Um yeah, no, really enjoyed it and that's why it was my it was basically my number sixteen.
2: Uh, apparently I would like it, but I've not played it. Mm. Well, you should come around and play it sometime. Well, I'd like to be invited one of these days. (laughs) It would be lovely. Now, my number four is a game that, much like Summoner Wars, it replaced another game out of my collection I thought I'd never get rid of. However, it's a bit higher because it is a completely different game. And that game is Marvel United. There's no need to shake your heads. I know it's not on either of you two lists. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: that the one with the circle board? Yes,
2: it is. Okay, the good. giant circle mat, which I don't know if I paid for on Kickstarter, but I got.
1: You definitely. So paid
2: I'm not for going it. to complain. So Marvel United, a new co-op game by Simon with Marvel minis, ahoy, and then there was the second version, which was X-Men, which is my favoriteest Marvel thing, and all of their minis, ahoy. So it's got. Once it all turns up, it takes up. I think. It takes up two shelves on my Kallax because I've compressed a lot of it. Wow. Yeah. And it takes up two shelves worth. Uh, but in terms of a co-op game, it is so incredibly simple. Everyone plays a card, Well, it's a four-player game, but it's absolutely not. It's a three-player game, because three people play a card, then the villain plays a card. Then three people play, then the villain plays. And it's just a co-op game where you're trying to destroy a villain. And there is a buttload of villains you can choose from, literally like dozens of them, and even more on the hero's side. And you're putting these cards around this track to show the ones that you've played, because certain cards you play in the future could need you need to know what you've played previously you're moving around a board to various different locations which change depending on the theme of the bad guy you're going up against and the variety is absolutely through the roof this replaced marvel legendary for Mm. me which is a game i thought i'd never get rid of a game that i absolutely loved however marvel legendary was again uh, a three-player game at maximum Best with two, but the setup of that game became so daunting after I had had quite literally like a thousand cards in that box, and it became hard. Whereas our Marvel United, I could throw on a table and be taught within five minutes. And because of the little minis and because of a little bit, the game is different than Legendary, but it scratches the same Marvel, having fun, co-op itch. And you can get the base box of this for again, I think not very much at all like 40 or so bucks and oh, you, don't, you don't get the giant round board yeah. which is a cool thing to have uh, you don't actually get any board at all you just got the different locations you can go to uh, but the variety is is so cool and to have every character that pretty much Marvel's ever put out in this game is is wicked so I'm very pleased with it there you go so Marvel United is my number four
0: all right number my number four Um. I'm not sure. I think, Garth, you might have it on your list. Um, I'm talking about a game that involves animals. Okay, I'm not talking about a game that involves animals.
1: There you go. All right, well, my number four is a game that I am quietly confident isn't on either of your lists. No. Mm. But, Leon, you should have played it. And Mark, you should have played it too. You gonna get a T-shirt
2: saying, "Leon, you should have. You should play this."
1: It's a game about warring magicians. <laughs> warring
2: magicians. Yeah.
0: Uh, yes, there's a trick or two to this one. Is there, there?
1: Is a trick or two. It is 2015's Stracheyron. <laughs> oh right. Or 2018 collector's edition of
2: no Piperion. we played this years ago you can't no, play this we really. Leon. Um, if you, I don't remember it, yes it you definitely happen. don't remember that night I've my therapist has helped me try and block that night out of my memory
1: so Leon you should uh, definitely play this game yeah. because as someone Thank who you. has recently discovered that Euro games are a thing yeah this is a Euro game
2: yeah you and should try teaching it to me see how well that goes for you
3: <laughs> this
1: game's awesome and if you like to know more about it just listen to me prattle on mm-hmm. for basically a whole episode yeah. of the show. Yeah. Um, Mark, I think it would be up high on your list if you could be bothered to play it as well. <laughs> um, and again, the collector's edition, which I was very lucky to get through yep. just a random chance at the raffle, um, while very daunting because it contains everything, just makes this game so enticing. I want to play the base game again. I want to play it with a couple of expansions again. It's long, but each inherent part of the game is not complicated. We were talking last week about, or last episode, about Botoku, where none of the inherent actions are, are complicated. Yeah. This is the next step up. So they're not complicated, but the way they chain together is... Botokurion. No. <laughs> uh, it's my number four game, and we should definitely look if
0: you ever decide to teach it to leon then i'm gonna laugh and say sucked in leon (laughs) i just there's just something about it that just i mean you know i had that reaction to botoku when i first saw it like too much complication going on for not enough meat i don't know that this has the not enough
2: meat thing but just, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you'll like it. I, I'm happy to try. I'm happy to try. I'm pretty war-scarred from it, so I don't
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: we'll soon see. Uh, Leon, guess what? We, we are what? in. We're on the, we are on the podium. We are on the podium. We are on the bronze medal. And it's about time, I think, that we eat some bloody cake, don't you reckon? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what eat, we're, eat g- that cake. we're going to. So this is a game that was what on your lists? Uh, seven for me. And six for me. This is a game that... I can't remember when it came out. It was like five years ago. 2015. 2015. Grand Austria Hotel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but I'm a bit of a Euro game. (laughs) (laughs) At least this year I've discovered it. And for some... I can't even remember why this game came onto my radar. It's been a while. It's not just because... You like strudel. No, it's not. I've never had strudel, I can't say. Never had strudel. Never had strudel. No, I have not. Uh, Never been to Austria... I want to say, it can't just be because Grand Budapest Hotel is a near perfect film. I don't think it's because of that, because I watched that for the first time like two years ago. But for some reason, Grand Austria Hotel came into my, maybe it was because I become such a big Eurohead and I heard about this one (laughs) that I wanted to play it. So uh, I bugged a friend of our show, uh, Mr. Norkel. Uh, to to bring it to yes, where we first taught it. And then I played it and I went, I absolutely love this game. And then I had to track down a copy, which was not easy and not cheap because I just finished their bloody Kickstarter (laughs) for their expansion, which is called Let's Waltz, which none of us have played yet. And to be honest, it looks a bit, it looks to add more to the game, which I don't think the game needs, but it could be amazing. We'll tell you if I ever get a hand on it. Uh, And for some reason they weren't accepting late pledges. So I haven't got a copy of it yet but yeah grand austria hotel when it comes to, to to euro games the idea is you know you're running a successful hotel in austria you've got guests coming into your cafe and you want to feed them full of cake and booze and whatnot and then get them to come stay in your hotel and it's just it just flows so yep. well and it all makes sense like i said with when we talked about Potoku and other heavier euro games normally you need sometimes even the first hour even after a decent teach to kind of grok okay so this goes to that and that goes to this this is a game where i was taught it by norco who's a hell of a good board game teacher yeah and as soon as we started playing it uh i knew what i was doing mm. and i thought that can't be right surely not for a game of this weight and you know this loved by the Eurogaming community that can't be right But I was right. I I understood it all, and it all made perfect sense. And there's lots of dice in it, and you get to roll them, but you get to mitigate that quite a lot by the things you can do. It is almost,
0: almost for me, the perfect mid-weight Euro, that game that once you know what you're doing, you can probably punch it out in under two hours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But as you said, the rules explanation is probably only 15, 20 minutes, as opposed to like 45 or 50.
2: Yeah.
0: It's intuitive, it's fun, it's clever. It makes you think, but you can plan ahead, but you don't always have to plan ahead because it's sort of
2: that bit more tactical than strategic. Yeah, I I really have enjoyed it. I think the word you hit on there, fun, I, that's what I do think when I think of this game and that's not what you mm. think about midweight yeah. or even any kind of Euro game but I do think this is fun this is a game that my friends that are we're all Ameritrash you know party game D&D group people if there was any Euro game I could have a crack at playing with them this is probably the yeah. one I probably still wouldn't do it because we've got heaps of other games to get through. But either way, Grand Austria Hotel is yep. my number three. Brilliant. Yeah. I
1: think it's a very wise choice, yep. Leon. Yes. Uh, the fact that it's featured so highly on all of our lists mm. should probably show that the uh, the quality of the game. Yes.
0: Now, my bronze medalist, I have a feeling, Garth, that there may be a small pile of sand and spice somewhere higher On your list? Keep going. Um, It's a remake of a 1979 Avalon Hill game. Can you believe it or not? Garth forgot to put on his. No, I didn't (laughs) really. No, no. No. This does not feature anywhere in your top 15 games. It does not. I am stunned and shocked. Shocked and stunned. Did the computer say, oh, bollocks, Garth?
1: Let's just move on.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the board game Dune, designed back in 1979, as I said, by Bill Eberly, Jack Kittredge, and Peter Adotka, um, with new art in this new version, sort of from the new film by Ilya Baranovsky, and again, this new version, not by Avalon Hill, but by Gale Force Nine. I had played the original game, not in 1979, but <laughs> sometime in the early 2000s. Really enjoyed it. Got it explained not really well um, with a strange group of people. But I still went, oh, there is something to this. And then when this new version came out, it looked stunning. And when I played it with a brilliant group of my friends who love these sort of games... Love the diabolical machinations of politics and wheeling and dealing, but not every turn. Only very occasionally, um, trying to work out the asymmetrics of well. If I'm the Harkonnens, I've got this special power, um, but you're the Emperor and you've got this power. How can we get together and screw over the bus driver or all the other players? <laughs> and I know we talked we talked about it for a long time in a in a reasonably recent episode um yeah look i just had the best time and like talk about fun i know it ended i think it ended about round seven of potentially tens it ended a little bit early still in it you know it still was long but it's just that brilliant epic game day game where it's not just the time is epic but the experience is epic so much fun I Everyone think. should try this
3: game.
2: Yeah, Leon, you should have turned up. Yeah. I, <laughs> mean, I was... the runs, didn't you? The runs you <laughs> I, I was doing a die that day. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was not a pleasant day for me to remember. But I'm glad you guys had fun.
1: Well, look, if I was to put it on a list,
2: <laughs> I probably should have. If computer worked, <laughs> what, no What? Where, where do you reckon it would have come? Take a punt. And a guess. Well, let's just, let's
1: just, I'll, I'll say I'll put it at three. Okay. <laughs> But also, because, I wouldn't have been surprised if you had it at one or two. Oh look, I yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm quite convinced, what a wrong
1: list. I'm quite convinced that uh, maybe anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Move on,
0: Garth, because that was my number three, June. What's what, your number three?
1: Well, my number three, I I feel could still quite heavily feature on Leon's list. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. because because it involves an eighteen hundred number, and I don't think yep that talking about a number that big when we're getting to really small numbers is something I should do yet. Probably a good idea.
2: Keep it to yourself then. Mm. (laughs) So my number two... Silver medal. Silver medal, which is ironic because you can get those in this, is a game about the running of the horses. Ooh. Ooh! Yes. yes, And that is a game called Long Shot the Dice Game, which is, it's not a roll and write, it's not, I've not put a roll and write as my number two, That's re- no it's not, it's similar to a roll and write because you're writing stuff on a board, but yeah, Long Shot, we had an episode where we talked about this and a certain 1800 episode, <laughs> game. Um, what a cracking episode that must yeah. have been. That's right. Um, this is a game, again, we took to BorderCon, and it just got the mess played out of it. It was the game that was featured in, as a tournament that always happens on a Sunday. This was the game that they chose for that tournament this year, and it was much fun had by all. Uh, every time I've played it, I've played it with higher player counts, which I think is the way to go. You yes. can play it with lower but you want your fives, your sixes, your sevens, even your eights, and it doesn't take any longer. You roll a die, you move some horses, you mark off some stuff. But it's just, it's just so simple and it's so fun, and it's a game that I've played probably the most out of everything on this whole list. But I still happily play it again. Oh look, it's it's just such a great
1: big group game. Yeah, exactly. Like you were saying, six, seven, eight people. Yeah. What number was it on your list? Uh, it was my number ten. Okay. Game. Yeah, um, and, and look, the fact that it is not just simply rolling a dice and moving some horses, it is rolling some dice, maybe buying some horses, maybe moving some horses, but in what direction? Yeah. They could be forward, they <laughs> could be right. backwards. Yep. Chicken th- checking things off your list and all that. There's so much more. So it there's actually quite a lot into what is an otherwise relatively easy to explain not roll and write. Yeah. But, geez, it's good, Leon. I'm very glad you backed this game. And I think a lot of people are because everyone you play it with probably walks away going, that was just bloody good
2: fun. Yeah, it's um, it's heaps of fun. And it's basically a mix of Cartographers, which is my favourite whatever and right game by a mile, (laughs) Uh and a game well Camel Up, which was a Spiel Dejaris winner, which we always kind of ho hummed about. And mm. when that came out a lot of gamey gamer gamertons were just like, Oh, that game is rubbish. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then years later I actually played it. Did I actually even end up playing it with you guys? No. no, no. Camel Up's a wicked game and yeah. that's long shot is a mix between those two games and yeah. it works really well. Um look it, it was on my list some
0: what higher than the sixteen. I do really like it. It is a lot of fun in a big group.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's just not something I'm going to get to a lot. Oh, I think uh, that I think it was Friday night at BorderCon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it was was it all of us and yes. Terry and yeah. Alvin and a few other people. That was great. Yeah. yeah it yeah, was fun. such a wonderful experience, and and that was just another experience that had already been played out. You know, the time I'd played it before and before that and before that. So. Uh, Look, there's, there's so much to be said about a game that you can stick in your bag and take to somewhere where you don't necessarily know the crowd that you're going to be, you know, trying to, to get into the gaming table. Yeah. You can almost be guaranteed a victory with this game.
2: Yeah. Because, I've, I've yet to see anybody walk away from a table going... Sorry, and by victory I mean a gaming... Yeah. You know, people people are coming along for the ride and going, yes, I'm having fun doing that. But yeah, just bet on Horse 5. Because... No. No, it's horse five. Horse five is the one that I saw win like six games in I a row. called horse seven yeah.
1: on that Friday night at BorderCon, yeah. maybe the second turn in, and who won? <laughs> I can tell you what, he's got glasses and two thumbs, <laughs> this guy. Fair enough. All right, my number two,
0: um, I do believe, Garth, it was your number eight. Leon, I don't know if you have this particular trick-taking cooperative game on your list. Nah. I I love the original game of the crew so much because I, I have a deep, deep love for trick-taking games. And when I heard there was a new version come out, I thought, yeah, you know, done a couple of wrinkles, throw in a few extra tricks. Ha. Huh. Um but they won't be able to improve it. Oh, how wrong was I? This game is like, you know, if the crew is a 10, this is like a 100. They've just ramped it up so incredibly just by changing the way you divvy out the tricks, just by changing the way the tricks work. I have played this game so many times on BGA and I've played it so many times in real life. I have a copy and i I feel like every time I go to a game day, either at the start of the games or at the end, once we've finished, I'm like, "Oh, what about a couple rounds of the crew?
1: Yep, I agree.
2: Two. So the um, crew
1: two is, is surprisingly so much better yeah. than the first.
2: I don't think it was kind of funny because I remember when all the reviews and stuff came out for the crew two saying how much everybody the consensus was oh like the first one was great it's literally nothing wrong with them. but this new one's so much better yeah and i remember telling you guys about it and both of you were just like yeah sure whatever <laughs> and then at BorderCon, someone asked you to like play it with me like yeah sure whatever. and then you sat down and then you didn't leave that table for about two hours yes. i was like oh is it better is it yes. lads just like yes yes it is
0: <laughs> it's so much better it is my number two game by cosmos Interestingly enough, they've had, Interesting. had
1: a couple of good games this year. Yeah. And um, I would say yep. that dollar dollar per play, it's probably the best value game that you could possibly buy. Oh, yeah.
2: Buy. Yeah. it's pretty damn... Well, I've bought a copy. Made it a long shot. I've bought a copy and I haven't even played it. Yeah, well, you should. I bought a copy of The Crew 2 and got rid of my Crew, crew yeah. 1 and still haven't played it yet because I know I'm going to at some point because the yep, first yeah. one was good. All right. Garth. My number
1: two game is a game that you have... Someone's mentioned before. So it is Carnegie. So oh, yeah, that's right. It was my number 15. It
2: number was
1: 15 my game. number... Oh, seven. So, Leon, had you played it, at BorderCon, instead of being... <laughs> I would have loved to. ...being asleep. <laughs> yeah. And maybe completely infectious.
2: Yes, very much so. Very plaguey.
1: Then uh, I think it may have featured higher, but Charles I have, and I, have, I... I have still played it since, though. Yes, Charles and I both had the best time on that Sunday morning, just playing this two-player version of Carnegie. Uh, we were both very tired and potentially also... Absolutely ravaged with COVID. <laughs> uh, that was everyone at Vorticon. Yeah, um, Still negative though. Um, you're playing industrialists and you are trying to improve your own business and you are trying to expand your network around continental USA and everything is about trying to then make those donations to get your victory points. It looks beautiful. It is very much your typical Euro in that you're going to be placing workers or placing buildings or doing things that generate, you know, more actions, more points, more this, but it just, you play a board is your office and you're moving your workers around. It looks really cool. The board. It, ah, I love it. I love this <laughs> game so much. And I picked it up within a week of yep. getting back from border and yep. playing it. And I don't think that you appreciate it yet, Mark. I think you need to play it more.
0: No, see here's the problem. This for me and why it why it was further I was actually surprised when I did the little Pub Meeply list thing and I went, fifteen? No. And like the Furnace was above it and Arnak was above it and Pat I was shaking my head. But the more I thought about it, it's because this is one of the very few games where the more I play it, the worse I get. (laughs) And I feel like the first couple of times I played it, I did really well. And then now it's like I've lost what I had in those games and I'm thinking about it too much. And then no matter what I do, I, I don't have enough stuff, enough turns, enough money to do the things I want to do. And then I get frustrated and then I end up, and I have to be, you know, some of it has been on BGA because I played it quite a lot there. Um, sounds like I've been playing a lot of the games there. Then I get frustrated and I just can't understand where I've gone wrong. And, yeah, I definitely feel like I've lost my Carnegie edge over time and that's what saw it sink
2: down the list. Well, it's not the game's fault that you suck at. <laughs> so this is a game that obviously you played, you were a big fan of, I can't remember the the exact circumstances how this came up, but essentially, I found you a copy of you this did. on Facebook by a lovely mainland lady whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, Cat something. Or Cat, else. that's right. And uh, we got it here for you at a, a belting price, so thank you very much, Cat. Um, we played it, and then after we played, ha- no, not even after. Halfway through playing it, I'd message <laughs> Cat because I remember her saying because she did like a group pledge with a whole group of people, and um, I think it was like six people. And she got like four of the copies because you could only find a couple of other people that wanted it. Mm. And I remember getting the one for Garth and she was just like, yeah, I've got two other copies. I'll get around to selling them at some point. And I messaged her just like, you haven't got those copies still. <laughs> she's like, yes, I do. She's like, hey, send one to the same address. Why don't you? So we did. So that was awesome. So I have, again, now in my my in my Super Euro Kallax Wow, one square, this is one of the <laughs> games. And it is similar to Grand Austria in that... After the teach for this, the not that long a teach, the 20-minute teach, which mm. for a mid-to-heavy Euro game is pretty light, I understood it all. Yeah. And then started playing it and still understood There's it There's four all. actions you can take. Yeah, that's it. I mean, let's face it. It is just advanced ticket to ride, but, you know, <laughs> that's fine because, you know, Garth loves that kind of thing that's so much. That's right.
1: I do not understand the word. Now. All right. Let's here we get are. To the here we are. really busy, pointy, busy, yes. pointy endy bit oh. where you guys can just talk about a game for a little bit and then i'll talk about the real game
2: no we can talk about our number one. hang on oh no but ours is on your list so our number one. oh yes mine are, yes it was like your number three or yeah, something okay. <laughs> so it's a one one and three which i would yeah. argue makes it the dice bit game of the year whatever animal nonsense garth is going to talk about in a minute and that is a game well, you're going to talk
1: some animal yes. nonsense. As yes,
2: well. that is a game by a very, very proud Australian man, Martin Wallace, <laughs> <laughs> and that is Anno 1800. Yep. Yes, it has taken. I've been on this show what seven years now. Yeah, seven years. I have put a Euro game <laughs> as my number one. <laughs> there. To be perfectly honest, I don't know if I think I do like Grand Austria maybe as much as Anno, but there's just something about Anno. But I could be slightly tainted by the fact that I put like 100 hours into the video game after playing this <laughs> really enjoyable board game. That is why it sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. And when I started to do the list, first things I thought of were yep. Grand Austria, Longshot, and Anno. And I thought, unless there's something I'm desperately missing, there's the top three right there. Yep. And it's just, I don't know what it is. It's almost... I don't want to say he's perfected... Because it's not like trading in the Mediterranean... It's trading in the new world... Mm. But it's just so simple and fun... And after the teach... Which again is really easy... And it all looks nice enough... That you just kind of go... Right let's rock and roll... And you start playing it... And the game just flows so well... Actions in this are so quick... People can obviously go... You get a bit of an AP from time to time... I'm not too sure exactly what I want to do... But generally it flows so well and it just does everything pretty right and i just can't wait for more people to get their hands on it and more expansions which we've been told are coming out and every time i see like a board game sale on some website this game is like you know 10 or 20% off which makes it even a better deal than what yep. it already is i cannot believe how cheap this game is for the fact that how much presence it has on a table everybody that likes euro games needs to play it and just buy the damn thing if you don't oh. like it. Sell it for the probably the same price you just bought the damn thing for.
1: Don't sell it. Yeah. Well, you want just but, play it. Yeah. And and I, yes, you're right. Yeah. You know, the fact that you can get this game for seventy or eighty bucks, or maybe even less over yeah, sales it's, it's, and all I, that kind of I've stuff. Yeah, I have seen it
2: like high sixties at yeah. some point, which is just insanity.
1: It it is. <laughs> it is just so easy to play. Yeah. It is. It's one of those competitive Euros where sometimes it feels like it's co-op. Yes. Just because of the trading being all, you know, you get a thing and I get some money and this and that. And that speaks volumes for a different attitude around the table. Because so many times when you're sitting around and there's a similar kind of trading mechanic, you're doing it with suspicion and with, I don't want to trade with you, Leon, even though I have to, because you're going to get a thing. Yeah. Whereas in this thing, it's like, let's just trade. Yeah. Let's just go. Yeah. We're doing this. You get some money. I get some money. You get some things. It's yeah. like a happy day. Yeah, who did I give the money to last time? Okay, I'll give yeah. it to you this That's time. That's right. I and just it's...
2: sit back on my not turn and enjoy getting yeah. stuff. Correct.
1: Yeah. And uh, the fact that, yes, the AP is all around... The individual player going, okay, I've got a card, and in order to play the guard, I've got to get a sausage and a tin can and a this. Mm. So, how do I make that work in the shortest amount of time or whatever iteration it is? Yeah. And, and because you're not really thinking move and move and move and move and move, move ahead, you might have a couple of goals that you need to achieve, but oh man, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we could, talked we, about We this could game just end, so end yeah. this recording right now and just put it on the table and play it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's so good.
0: And look, I want to say, for me, that's Cosmos 1 and 2. I'm pretty impressed with that. Yeah. There's no surprise, because of the great Australian element brought by Martin Wallace, that this won game best gameplay of the year in the recent Kanga Awards, Yep, because that's the thing about this game. Yeah, it's just a pile of cards on a board. It's all about gameplay. Like The gameplay is everything.
2: Yeah, and again Um, it is Yeah, I just can't just can't talk highly enough about it. Yeah, it's it's fun and enjoyable and I just think imagine this if this game came out in a slightly less crowded market, say imagine if it came out seven or eight years ago. Mm. It'd be considered one of the absolute classics of our hobby. And I just yeah, it just it bugs me so much as soon as we played it, I was just like, hang on, why why is this not more of a big deal? It should be, it's so damn good. So that is my and Mark's number one, yes. and Garth's incorrect number three, because he's going to talk about some animals or something like everybody else. The first time I
1: played this game, I said it was going to be my game of the year, and damned if I'm going to change my opinion. What did the computer say? The computer said it was my game of the year. <laughs> um, it's Ark Nova. Yep. The fact that we haven't talked about Ark Nova with any degree of um, being in top. Threes or top twos or top ones is painful. No, so it was I was playing to... number four. Yeah, but and I to. haven't played
2: it. Well, you should. You should have made an effort.
1: Can't believe you haven't played it. No,
2: because it takes you guys seven hours to <laughs> play it because you're broken.
1: Arc Nova is long. Yeah. But it is so good. Mm. I will happily spend the four, the five hours to do this. The first few games. Are a slog. Mm. They're so hard. And you end the game on minus points. Yeah. Or on four points. Do or some tiny little minuscule amount of points. Because you just do not understand the way that it's going to work. And the fact that, again, that this four or five hour game can end like this. Yep. And the game, rightly or wrongly, rewards sometimes not ending the game. Yeah. Because... I know I've ended games prematurely, but I know I've also deliberately held back and ended game the next turn and it's led me to getting massive amounts of points. Yep. I cannot wait to play this game again. I am still so desperate to play this game, but the time is, yeah. is a massive commitment and, and it's, Mark, it's similar to playing U-Boot in that regard. Yeah. That we need people who are who are willing to invest that time in it.
2: Leon, if you can... You're more than welcome to play. <laughs> yeah, that's what you guys want after all this time—a newbie at the table. Well, no,
0: look, no, we we smashed it. We got it down to a tiny three hours, Leon,
1: for Correct. four players. Wow! Um, yeah, it's, and it's, I remember, it's like in, the So Clover of yeah, Animal Games
0: when I when I <laughs> celebrated the fact that we played a my wife and I and Carl we played a three player game. Yeah, and we got that down to three hours <laughs> when previously. The games we played had been more than four hours, and what a celebration that was. And just because I was going, go, your turn, your turn, your turn, the whole time to get it to that, nah, didn't I'm... take, a- well, nope. this not for me, didn't take away from the enjoyment of the game. And the, the thing game. is,
1: in those games, you will take turns that are 10 seconds long. Mm. You will place a thing and do a thing, and you are done. But it is completely guilty of so much AP and it's where you need to have your Dice Man take Baxi card because mm-hmm. you will go, oh, oh, I need to just, just need to retcon a thing. It's not going to impact anybody else. just going to change my next 30 minutes of gameplay because I need to actually fix up a thing I did. So is it perfect? Absolutely not. And like we talked about when we actually reviewed the game, you know, the second edition, the next version, all of this is yeah. going to be so, hopefully, so much better. But I just... I. It, it doesn't compete with anything else. Like, it for me, in terms of what do I want to play as much now as I did six months ago, it's this game. This is, this is the one I want to go and play. Honestly, Anno is probably the next game, but that's because it packs so much game into a relatively short amount of time. I think Carnegie's a better game overall, but it's... Different. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's a great game. I think for me if I didn't have so much time and love sunk into terraforming mars because for me it does scratch a similar sort of itch then it would be higher
2: up my list. I just I just think I'll wait and play it when the expansion comes out I think make it a little bit more complicated. Chuck some sea animals in there, all that oh, kind of or well, maybe add in some coffee and cake and then you might like it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Multiple level zoos, perhaps? So there
2: it is. That is... Wow. I'd so before that, we s- finish this up... I'd say that's 45 games you could check out, but it's probably like 16, realistically. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a bit of crossover there. Yeah. What about some
1: honourable mentions? Though? So I've got a couple. Uh, um, Dune?
2: Would Dune be one of yours? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> the
1: most honourable mention I want to add is Fudlands. I absolutely had a cracker of a time with Bloodlands. I went to this little convention, Leon, called PAX.
2: Heard of it. (laughs) Heard of it, don't care.
1: It is a roll and write that I cross my fingers will have a good future. Oh, yeah. For you, someone who loves cartographers so much, yeah. Yeah. you will love it. Yeah, just from looking at the map of it, I was just like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. Yep, yeah. a couple of others. Red Cathedral, which I think, again, oh, yeah. Games packs a really big punch yep. for a small yep. box. Land vs. Sea. You know, yep. Land vs. Sea should be at the top of a lot of lists and should mm. definitely be under the Christmas tree for a lot of people. Uh, Iki, Aiki, uh little game about sort of rondelle around Japan. Um, Leon, I don't know if you heard of it, but it's uh, really quite good. I may have heard of it. So there were my couple of honourable mentions. A surprise
0: one for me, I wanted to throw it in there. I did play this game before 2021, but you'll, you'll be in shock, Garth. Wingspan made a comeback this year, just <laughs> no. this year, and I actually even bought a copy because... it. I have to blame my lovely wife. She,
1: she can play solo, is, Mark. What is
0: this game? Solo. Let's we we played it on the app. She loved it so much. It started to grow on me. It's it's far, far, far from a perfect game. But I have particularly enjoyed playing it with my wife Sarah. So much so that I went and bought a copy. Um, and yeah, looking forward to playing it again with her over the Christmas holidays.
2: Yeah. Uh, I've got Canvas on my list. Yep. I really enjoyed that. Played mm-hmm. it once at BorderCon and then bought it because my wife's into Beautiful. art and yeah. it's a lovely looking game. Just haven't had a chance to play it yet. Uh, what else have I got? Uh, maple Circus. Oh yes. Good fun. <laughs> very very fun game to play. Played it this year. That would have been on my list. Marvel Zombie Side, it's just another Zombie Side game, but they've refined that over the years that if there's any time you want to play it, it's now. And, you know, who doesn't want to be Captain America eating somebody's head? (laughs) Lots of fun to be had by all. And I think. Oh, there was another one I wanted to mention, but now it's completely jumped out of my skull. Uh... Planet Unknown? No. (laughs) Barros? Oh, edit point, because that's going to annoy me. (laughs) You'd like me to hit the pause button? Yep. And I know it's kind of silly to put on a game on the list that none of us have played, but it only just arrived, even though it's about two years late by this point, and that is Namiji, which is the sequel to Takedo. Okay. But you've got lots of little boats and stuff. Mm. Word is on the street that it's very good, very similar to Takedo. Some have even said slightly better. So that probably would have been on there, but we haven't had a chance to get to the table yet, mainly because it doesn't fit in my Calax in any way, shape, or form horizontally or vertically. (laughs) You'll have to get a new house. I was considering throwing at it (laughs) after I've waited this many years for it to come out and it doesn't fit in where it's supposed to fit. But, you know, it's a happy season, Leon, be happy, joy to the world. That was our top 15. There you go. Well, that was all that excitement and more. And And a lot of good games. I do need to say, for anybody out there that's still listening, that was the last of old Leon's excitement on this show for a little while. Leon is going to do what we call around here a mark, which is what we used to call a Trent, and have a wee bit of a Dice Man break. But it's only going to be for your January or February because I'll be too busy with my beautiful, I assume, little girl. I'm not going to lie. You never know. Uh, How could anyone who comes from you, Leon... Yes, be an ugly baby. I think you made my beautiful wife, yes, but either which way. So, yes, I'm going to be raising my new beautiful daughter in uh, January or so, so I'll be back on the podcast in March-ish. However... Yeah, it'll be over it after a couple of months. Oh, yeah. And it gets old pretty quick. However... I'm not going to let down our patrons, because you've paid good, hard Australian cash, which is not easy to come across these days, so I will still be on our Patreon special episode, so you will be here, me, a little bit more, I will promise I will make time out of my life somehow to come here and drink more booze and do quite a bit of swearing on those special episodes, but everybody else, I will see you sometime in the new year, so take care of all your loved ones, because that's what I will be doing. And have fun and play more games. Yeah, and of course, if you think, wow, that sounds like fun,
0: I'd like to hear that episode that you'll be in, Leon, then yeah. certainly jump onto patreon.com forward slash Dice and check out what you get. And it is so much. Yeah, When you support the Dice ben Cometh on Patreon, thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much to all of you for listening this long, because this has been almost a two-hour episode, but it's worth it. It's the end of the year. We've made it. Hope you all have an amazing Christmas and New Year break. Get lots of games played. We've just suggested quite a few that you could try if you haven't.
1: Well, if you, if you haven't, you should check out our sponsor's website and try and buy them.
0: Absolutely. lfg-oz.com.au I'm definitely going to hit up Charles to get Chase down for me, a copy of Bytes. Absolutely. At the less than $100 price that I've <laughs> seen on his website, unlike some other ones. But um, Garth.
1: We better go. Absolutely. we got Christmas food to eat. Mm. Yes. All right. Well, look, thank you very much. This has been episode four, 347? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Look, that's a lot of numbers. Yeah, this is. It is. It has been girls. our top 15 games for 21-22. Thank you very much for persevering with us. We've been the Dice Men. We'll see you in 2023. Bye. See Thank you. The Dice
3: Man cometh. You've
0: been listening to another episode of The Dice Men cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their online and physical retail store. You can find us at DiceBandCometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.